The chase is on. Welcome to Chasing Ball Game, the wicked quick sports betting podcast that is fired up for Friday. I am Jimmy Brown, your host, and I love the weekends, and the weekends are here, and we have plenty to talk about. First of all, I have to tell you that Chasing Ball Game is brought to you by top-rated online sportsbook, mybookie.ag, the official sports betting site of the Chasing Ball Game podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. You couldn't have come on a better day. Friday is a jam-packed day. Now, every time we hit the airways, we have a lot of information, but Friday especially, we try to beef it up. We try to make it a great show, and that's why... We appreciate you, not only listeners, but the chasers, the fans of the show who hit me up on social media, on Twitter or at Facebook, um, at Chasing Ball Game, and just share some information. I put it right out here, good stats, trends, picks, complaints, whatever you got, I'll share it right here because this show is all about you guys, and I have a lot going on today. Start with college basketball. I'm going to get you geared up for not only this weekend, but I'm going to talk about the best and the worst teams so far in college hoops. Talk a bit about value with those teams. Give you a March Madness stat that will be useful in the future. And I'll break down a pick against the spread for Kansas first Kentucky, which is the marquee, marquee game for this weekend. Then we would not have chasing ball game without betting the buckets. The NBA podcast that has not only the original but famous segments like Beyond the Box Score, Calendar Crunch, Read Between the Lines, I'll also tell you what I think is wrong with the Cavaliers, and I'll talk about a coach that will be fired and soon. And by the way, I'm going to take a lot of credit for this, but of course, I'll give you a pick against the spread before I can do that. Finally, it's time to talk Pigskins, Super Bowl 51. And again, you picked a good show to tune into because not only am I going to talk about the odds like I always do, I'm going to look at some value for teams to win the Super Bowl next year. That's right, we're already looking ahead. I'm going to pick out a prop for Super Sunday, but I'm going to give out a free gift to all of our listeners with a Super Bowl square. So stick around for that. Chasing ball game, blazing quick with more than one pick, so let's go. College basketball. Now get ready. I'm going to give you a list of a few of the, the best teams and the worst teams in basketball when it comes against the spread. Really, we'll talk about the best home teams. Marshall, 7-0 against the spread. Louisville, 9-2 against the spread. Gonzaga, 7-1. Worst teams, by the way, at home? How about Georgetown? Just 2-8 against the number. California, 4-9. And and Tulane, 0-5 against the spread. By the way, these numbers are courtesy Sports Insights. I follow them on Twitter. You should, too. A lot of great information. The best and worst away teams against the spread. San Diego is a perfect 8-0. On the road, Texas 5-0, Creighton 5-0, Utah 5-0. The worst, by the way, how about Cleveland State 2-9 against the number? Ryder and Pacific are both 2-7 against the spread. So why am I telling you these numbers? A couple of reasons. One, you may not know these teams. You may not even know they play. You may not even know they were a college basketball team. So it's important to know these. Another reason is, when the tournaments come around, both conference and March Madness, these lines are going to be shaded towards these teams or against these teams because of these records. So it's very important to know this stuff now. That's why I tell you way in advance. I want you to jot it down. I want you to take notes. Uh, the same goes with the tournament overall, March Madness. Everybody talks dogs in the tournaments. I know I do. I love underdogs in the tournaments. But favorites, by the way, 9-6 and six against the spread last year in the first round, and the over went 10-6. and six. 
So actually the favorites in high-scoring games in day one of March Madness. Favorites are 314, 321, and 9 against the spread in the first round over the last 20 years. That's good for about 49%. It's about break-even. So it's not that it's a stellar number, but last year the favorites did well in the first round. Maybe something to keep an eye on as we head towards March Madness. Still about a month away, I get it, but now's the time to start paying attention. I can't tell you that enough because there are going to be plenty of big games to talk about, but we don't have to wait until March because we have a big one this Saturday. Kansas versus Kentucky, number two versus number five. Look, Kentucky leads the all-time series 22-7, but... This is going to be a game that I think could actually be a preview for the finals, depending on where everybody's seated and whatnot. I mean, these teams are definitely Final Four material. ESPN Game Day will be there, so the place will be jumping. Both teams may be off a loss, but to me, the Kentucky loss seemed a bit uglier. The young players of Kentucky kind of just mailed it in a little bit. They started, I don't want to say ignoring the game plan, because they certainly won't weren't ignoring the game plan, but they definitely opted for isolation ball. They definitely opted for more of a playground style of uh, basketball, which to me is never a good thing when you have a team sport. You've got to run through the progressions. Uh, For example, Malik Monk, he attempted 13 three-pointers. Oh, by the way, he missed 10 in that loss to Knoxville on Tuesday night. To me, that's not going to be a good sign because that's when your head games start playing uh, into like the effect of the game, and to me, that'll happen. The Jayhawks, Frank Mason III, Devontae Graham, Mason's averaging 19 points, almost 20 a game, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Graham, 13 points, 4 dimes, 3 rebounds. Combined, they're shooting 45% from 3-point range, so I really love that duo. I think they're best in the country. Kentucky senior Michael Mulder, he's going to miss the game due to illness. Now, he doesn't play a lot. He ranks 8th on the team in minutes played, but he's leading the team in 3-point shooting at 40%, and this is really a depth issue because, to me, when you can have a guy like that that can play minutes, albeit a little, but shoot that high from behind the three-point arc. It really becomes a deadly weapon. They're going to be without him. I think this is a game for an age for the ages. You definitely want to watch it. And if you're going to bet on it, give me Kansas. I will take them in this spot. Truth be told, I think they get the win, and I think it's going to be an interesting week next week in college basketball when these teams are trying to figure out what they really have to do down the stretch to head into that tournament with motivation. But let's get right to the NBA, and I'm going to start with betting the buckets. As you know, the NBA segment always kicks off with beyond the box score. Simply said, I look back at events that happened this week or games that happened this week, and and I discuss maybe what we can take from them from a future standpoint, whether teams will change in the future, whether there will be opportunities to either bet on them or, or just something to pay attention to. And first of all, all the talk right now is about LeBron James and the Cavaliers, especially after losing to the Kings, Cleveland became the first defending champion to lose consecutive games against opposing teams that were each at least 10 games under 500 since 2007. And the problem is fundamentals and coaching. First fundamentals, they've lost 6 of 8. And during that stretch, they got some ugly, ugly numbers. The Cavs are allowing 8.5 more points per game than they did in the first 36 games over that stretch. They've made just 70.3% of the free throws during that stretch. And in the last eight games, the Cavaliers ranked 21st in the league in offensive efficiency and 23rd in defensive efficiency. The only player who's really playing up to what we believe in, Kyrie Irving, sure, but is LeBron. The problem is LeBron is just adding to the problem. 
He called out the team, and that does not help. To me, it's a distraction. And you want proof it's a distraction? I'm going to read between the lines. Basically, I'm going to give you a quote that I read, and I'm going to tell you what they really meant. And this one's simple because he was pretty clear. Tyron Lue, the coach, he was pretty blunt when talking about LeBron James. And he said, yeah, it makes it tough. And I hate it. He's talking about LeBron James firing up the media. He said, I got to come and deal with you guys every time it happens. Now, that's obvious, right? He just hates it. He hates it, hates it, hates it. But I really think he's trying to send a message to LeBron, right? Because to say you hate it is one thing. But Coach Speak would say, you come up to that mic and say there's not a problem. You guys are good to go. Let's focus. He's not anymore. He's throwing it all out. Not to mention, he said, I got to come and deal with you guys every time it happens, which means it's happened more than once. He may not have made such a big issue about it in the past, but he is now. So I think that's a big deal. I think that's why the Cavs are struggling. However, if you're a Cavs backer, you like the Cavs, don't worry. They're still the best team in the East. They're still going to go to the playoffs. NBA is a long season, especially right before the All-Star break when a lot of teams kind of mail it in a little bit. So I wouldn't worry about it. But there was another game that I saw and I was salivating to talk about. I mean, I could not wait to talk about it and be on the box score. And it is, of course, the Wednesday night game between the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks. The Bulls imploded, imploded on Wednesday in a big way. If you don't know, the Bulls let up a 19-4 to run to end the game and lost the 10-point lead in the fourth quarter with minutes remaining. And guess what? We're going to read between the lines on this game, too. And If you've listened to any kind of sports radio today, you've heard it. Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler spouting off. Let's start with Dwayne Wade. He said, I'm 35 years old, man. I have three NBA champions. It shouldn't hurt me more than it hurts them. They have to want it. Now, we know what he's talking about. He's kind of talking about the young players saying they're not doing enough, but in reality, he's talking about the entire team. Same with Butler. Jimmy Butler said, hey, if you're not mad after you lose every game, something's wrong. This is your job. Not everybody looks at it this way. I want to play with guys who care and play hard and want to do well for this organization that want to win games. He's on the same bandwagon. So now it's Butler and Wade versus the world? I'm not so sure. Actually, I think this entire locker room is fragmented, and I think it's happened from almost day one. They have the worst coach in the NBA. If you listen to Betting the Buckets or if you've heard me before, I've said this almost since day one. Fred Hoiberg does not deserve to be a coach in the NBA. He does not get any respect. Players don't listen to him. He was an awful hire. There's no way he's going to handle a guy like Rajon Rondo. We already saw that fall apart. But now he's getting disrespect from the veterans. And not only that, but it's blatant. In other words, they're not afraid to show it. Jimmy Butler turned down turned down a timeout. Coach said, call a timeout. Butler's like, no, nah, I'm good, coach. So think about that. He's showing up to coach live during game in front of everybody. So if he does that, if he has the, the balls to do that, in front of everybody in a big game, and all NBA games are televised, what do you think they're doing in the locker room? Not only does this team not respect the coach, they don't respect each other. This team should be torn apart from day one. And look, I looked a long time ago, and I took Hoiberg uh, as the first NBA coach to be fired this year a long time ago. I have not seen those odds pop back up. I'm scouring sports books for a prop on which NBA coach will get fired first or anything to do with him getting fired. And if you can find it, let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Chasing Ballgame because I'm all over it. I'm all over it. It's a done deal, and so are the Bulls. 
They're not going anywhere. If they make the playoffs, they're going to implode. Wade might carry him for a game. Butler might carry him for a game, but they're not going anywhere. Give up. The Bulls are done. Pack it in for the season. Earmark the tape. Do whatever you got to do. They're done. Now let's go to the counter crunch. Popular part of betting the buckets. Simple. Look at the schedule. Find good spots, bad spots. I got a good one. Pistons, they're on a good break. They play Miami on Saturday and will have had off four straight days and only played two games in the last nine days. They'll be well-rested. But we got plenty of bad crunches. How about the Nets? They play in Minnesota on Saturday. That'll be three games of four nights on the road. Memphis Grizzlies, three games of four nights on Saturday night against the Jazz, who are a very tough defensive team. That will also be a back-to-back game as well. On Saturday night, the Magic, they're going to start a five-games-in-seven-night stretch. That'll be just one of the teams that we will watch next week, so keep an eye on them. And finally, the big one to me, those Sacramento Kings. They're going to finish a six-game road trip this weekend with a back-to-back set in Indiana and Charlotte. The Hornets game will be the second of that back-to-back and the fifth game in seven nights, which will end the road trip, which makes the Kings very vulnerable. Truth be told, I think they're vulnerable vulnerable for both games, but definitely for that stretch. Now on the pot, onto the pick. Did I say I hated Chalk? I know I did. Did I say I can't stand double-digit chalk? I definitely did that. I said I hate favorites. I hate double-digit favorites. I still was stupid enough to get on the Cavs. And, of course, I take credit for my losers like I do my winners. And I'm still winning. I'm still hitting at a good pace, 4-2 in my last six. Nothing wrong with that, but that was an ugly, ugly pick. And I'll never apologize. You're grown people. I'm not selling anything. So if you're on board when we win, hallelujah. If not, I'll take credit and get ready because I'm about to take some credit because I love this pick coming up. First of all, I'm almost certainly to fade the Kings, like I mentioned, in every game of this road trip that they have left. By the way, they're only plus four against the Pacers. Give me a break. Pacers are going to blow them out. They were embarrassed in their last game at home. I think it's a big deal. But that's not the pick I'm going to give you. Instead, I'm going to give you the New York Knicks at home over the Hornets. The Hornets are dealing with some sick players. Perhaps that's why they faded in the fourth against the Warriors, or maybe it's because the Warriors are really good. But Carmelo is officially in audition mode because he's getting shopped like crazy, and he will be traded because that price tag will get lower, and he'll have a big chip on his shoulder. Anthony scored 62 points in a 2014 game, most ever scored against the Hornets still. The Hornets play four of their next five on the road after the longest homestand of the season. The Hornets are not in any good shape right now. A lot of trends going against them. 4-9 against the spread in the last 13 road games. 3-9-1 against the spread in the last 13 road games against a team with a winning home record. And 1-9 and against the spread in the last 10 against the NBA Atlantic. If the Knicks have any bright spot this year, it's that they play very well off a game that they failed to cover the number. They failed to cover the number against the Ma- uh, Mavericks last time out. They're 20-8 and eight against the spread in the last 28 games where they fail to cover the spread. I'm on the Knicks as a small home pup. Look into it. But let's get over to the gridiron. Let's talk Super Bowl 51. And look, I've got to give a shout-out to MyBookie.ag. I said they're the official sports betting site. They are turning it up a notch for the Super Bowl. They have a ton, and I mean a ton of props, and I'll talk about that later. Plus, they have a great management team that's ready to take care of you. That is where I bet. I would not recommend a book that I don't bet at, and I bet at mybookie.ag. Sign up at mybookie.ag right now and use the promo code CHASER, C-H-A-S-E-R, and you will get an exclusive 100% bonus and up to $3,000 to bet on sports, and I've got even more than that. How about a free Absolutely free Super Bowl square. 
That's right. If you go to mybookie.ag and sign up, you get a free Super Bowl square. Tell them you're a chaser. Tell them you heard about it on this show, and you will get a free Super Bowl square with your chance to win some big money on Super Bowl Sunday. Make sure you check it out. But now let's talk. Look, I'm going to back it up before I go forward. I'm going to talk about values for next year. So I know plenty of time. We've got the draft. We've got free agency. Teams are going to change all over the place. But why not look at the board? First of all, the odds are out there. And there's a chance that if you bet them now, even if the odds change, you can make some money. Right? Here are a few teams I'm kind of looking at. I'm not making any bets just yet. But I kind of have my eye on the Tennessee Titans. They're 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, don't get me wrong. The Titans aren't the best team in the league, obviously. But keep in mind, the Falcons last year were 100-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And now they have a shot. So why don't the Titans? They play in an easy division. I'll do respect to Houston and Indianapolis. But they can win that division. Their offense looked great. Mariota looked better than ever. They're going to have a good draft pick. They can run the ball, and the defense has improved. Why not? Another team, San Diego Chargers. How about 60-1 to 1 for the San Diego Chargers? They've only won nine total games the past two seasons, but they got a new coach, Anthony Lynn, who I like. They're playing in a new stadium, so they're going to have big fan support. And the Chargers led the league in players on injured reserve, which means they did not play up to their potential because everybody was hurt. They get everybody back. They get a decent draft pick. They still have Phillip Rivers. You know he wants to make the run. So look at the Chargers, 40 to 1. You want someone in the NFC? How about them Saints? 60 to 1. You got a good coach, you got a good quarterback that always grabs my attention in an improving defense that's only going to get better. Again, I'm not playing on those teams, but those three teams that caught my eye when I saw these opening odds, three that I would consider, but let's get to the Super Bowl. The first thing I do when I talk about the Super Bowl and the Chasing Ball Game podcast is I always look at odds. Not much of a change. Offshore, everybody's still sitting at that three. Patriots minus three. I do see a few minus 115s out there. Uh, it's some of the top-rated online sportsbooks. So it, it, to me, the apples and oranges. If you want to drop the three, you can drop the juice. The total, that's a different story. In Vegas, I'm seeing some 59.60s, but still keeping it at 58.5. I even see a few lines coming down to 58 which means some of those sharps are probably touching on the under. Again, I'll have a play on the total and the spread next week. But right now, all I want to talk about is prop picks. And speaking of prop picks, check out mybookie.ag. They have a ton. And I gave you some fun ones during the week. By the way, I've given out a prop bet for every show uh, this week when I started it. So please go back to those shows in the archive and make sure you get on board. And I've given out some fun ones because I like to give out some fun ones. And I had a few serious ones in there, too. Here are some of the fun ones that you could bet on if you really want to at mybookie.ag. First of all, will a fire alarm be triggered at either team hotel the night before? If you say yes, you can get even money plus 110. You say no, minus 150. How about this one? Will Johnny Manziel be arrested over the weekend, the Super Bowl weekend. That's incredible. No minus 1,500, by the way. Yes, plus 600, but funny nonetheless. Finally, will someone be caught streaking down the field? Yes to be a winner. Will a fan basically run naked on the field? First of all, if you're going to, God bless you, because that security is going to be rough. You're probably at least looking at a good tackle, maybe even a taser. So if you do it, go get it. But if you think somebody is going to be streaking during Super Bowl, Plus 750. So if you want to pony up some money and challenge your buddies and go out there and go streaking, plus 750. Maybe you can make a decent chunk back. But those are some of the fun props. But I'm looking at a prop 
It's a bit different in its game time prop. I'm looking at the first player to score a touchdown for the Patriots, LeGarrette Blount, plus 300. So you can get 3-1 to one on LeGarrette Blount. Now, I know what you're saying. Tom Brady passes. All they do is pass. First touchdown is going to be a pass. Maybe, maybe. But during the regular season, the Falcons were essentially middle of the road when it came to defending the run. If you saw LeGarrette Blount against the Steelers, he had an 18-yard run where he pretty much carried the whole team. I think guys are coming off the sidelines. So he can run. If the Patriots get in the red zone, which is what they do, they don't throw deep that often, at least well in my book. They dink, dink and dunk, and they get close to the red zone. If they get to the red zone, to me, it's LeGarrette Blount time. And he can run. He can move the pile. So to me, him to score the first touchdown at 3-1, to one, that's a prop I'm willing to take a chance on. That will do it for Chasing Ball Game. I want to thank everyone for stopping by and hanging out just for a few minutes here. I'm really excited about what we've got going on, and we're only going to get better in the future, so make sure to stick around. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio, of course, or on iTunes, and join the fun. Became, become a chaser. All you have to do to be featured right here on the Chasing Ball Game podcast, just contact me on Twitter or Facebook at Chasing Ball Game. Talk about sports, whether it's stats, whether it's your favorite team, whether it's a trend, whether it's who you want to bet on, whether it's uh, that you like the show, that you hate the show. Just hit me up, just like the latest chasers who have followed or shared information, like Jeff Sims, Stuart Floyd, and Jack Woods. Welcome to the chase, my friend, because this show, it's all about you, the sports fans, and together we are already building a fantastic community that is growing stronger and stronger every day so thank you again enjoy your weekend and come back on monday when i will be at it again as we count down the final week up to super bowl 51 until then win big at the betting window and keep on chasing